Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, as followers of The Tent know, we've been on this like substrate, alternative substrate thing for like four years now, pushing out all of our ideas and our creations and sharing the fruits of our research and, you know, both practically and by delving into the scientific literature when we can find it. And the result's been a steadily growing interest within our community in creating and managing unique substrates within botanical method aquariums. It's been really fun to watch. But the roots of our obsession with substrates goes back even farther, like to the earliest days of our company. For those of you that are familiar with us, when we started Tannin, you know, I was fascinated with all the interesting substrate materials that you find in tropical ecosystems. And it got me thinking about ways to more accurately replicate those found in, you know, places like flooded forests, streams, and even habitats like peat swamps, estuaries, creeks, and for that matter, puddles you know, and other bodies of water, which tend to be influenced as much by the surrounding flora, mainly forests and jungles, as they are by geology. Now, a unique class of substrates, the podzols, these are soils characterized by a whitish gray subsurface bleached by organic acids. They caught my attention really early on, and it led to a lot of cool ideas here. They have an overlying dark accumulation of brown or black what's uh, alluviated humus and that's sort of bleached material and these soils support the rainforests surrounding blackwater streams yet are probably the most infertile soils in amazonia it's kind of interesting and of course my obsession with botanical materials to influence and accent the aquarium habitat caused me to look at the use of certain materials for what i call substrate enrichment um, and the idea of adding materials reminiscent of those found in the wild to augment the more, you know, traditional sands and other substrates used in aquariums to create some interesting functions, and in some instances to replace them entirely. Now, think about what goes on in the benthic regions and natural aquatic habitats that we love. Benthic meaning the bottom, and, and what benefits or supports the materials which aggregate there provide for the ecosystem. Uh, as a whole, or the organisms within the ecosystem specifically. Understand that the substrate is a really dynamic, extremely important part of the aquarium as well. And what we construct our substrate with and how we manage it is of like profound importance to our fishes. Fostering fungal growth as well as other microorganisms and small crustaceans should be a huge component of the why, of why we do this. These organisms, as we've discussed repeatedly here, form a fart, part of the fart, they might fart, but they form a part of the food chain within our captive ecosystems and they offer huge benefits to the aquarium, not only as potential supplemental nutrition for fishes, but as a means to process and export nutrients from within the botanical method aquarium. Think about that again as a method, a way to process and export nutrients from within the aquarium. 
a combination of stuff like finely crushed leaves, bits of botanicals, small twigs, etc., etc., can form the basis for a more biologically active or even productive substrate. As these materials break down, they're colonized by fungi and biofilms and impart tannins, lignin, and other sources of carbon into the water to fuel a variety of microbial growth. And of course, larger crustaceans and even fishes will consume the organisms which live in this matrix as well as possibly consuming some of the detritus from the decomposing leaves themselves. That's precisely what happens in natural ecosystems. I'm fascinated by the different types of soils or substrate materials which occur in blackwater ecosystems in particular and how they influence the overall aquatic environment. Now keep in mind that many of the habitats that we obsess over, like Amazonian Igapo and Varzea, are seasonally inundated forest floors. So it goes without saying that the terrestrial soil composition and the associated biomass have significant influence on the aquatic environments that emerge during the wet season. It's very different looking and functioning substrate for sure. And it can absolutely be replicated successfully in the aquarium. We know this. Adding materials reminiscent of those found in the wild to augment or completely replace the more traditional sands and other substrates used in aquariums is like an easy mental shift that we can all make and act upon. <clears throat> Excuse me. With our embrace of detritus or mulm as a source of fuel for creating active biological systems within the confines of our aquariums, I think that the idea of an enriched substrate replete with botanical materials will become an integral part of the overall ecosystems that we create. Considering the substrate as both an aesthetic and a functional component, especially in non-plant focused aquariums, opens up this whole new area of aquarium exploration for us. And I, I kind of envision that the future of mainstream aquarium practice may actually include creating a substrate like this as part of what we do, just simply part of the whole thing. You know, adding a mix of botanical materials, live bacterial and small organism cultures, and even some detritus from healthy established aquatic systems may become simply the way we establish aquariums in the future. For botanical method aquariums, which tend to be less plant focused, establishing the ecosystem part is super important, right? And the idea is not that crazy. It's been a practice in the aquarium hobby forever to add some sand or filter media or whatever from established aquariums into new tanks to help sort of jumpstart necessary biological processes, right? It makes sense. And the overall concept is really not that difficult to grasp. And we probably shouldn't get too crazy into understanding every single aspect of this practice. Suffice it to say, something about this practice works for reasons which we've already tangentially understand in the aquarium hobby. Now, in a strictly aesthetic sense, the bottom itself can become a big part of the aesthetic focus of the aquarium as well, with botanicals placed on the substrate or in some cases becoming the substrate. Okay, cool. Well, what are some of the other materials that you can play with to create these alternative substrates? Well, how about twigs? Yeah, twigs. Twigs are fascinating to me as a substrate. Because not only do they uh, create an interesting looking textural substrate, they provide unique functional benefits as well. They create interstitial spaces, which are defined as spaces between objects, which create areas for various fauna, in our case, small crustaceans, worms, and aquatic insects, as well as surface for biofilm, algae, and fungal growth and attachment to evolve. This matrix will offer protection for these organisms so they can multiply and grow. Of course, it also provides a foraging area for the fishes, right? a place where they too can shelter when needed, a place for them to spawn in and in. And of course, the twigs are going to leach out tannins and other compounds into the water over time, which can impact the aquatic environment chemically. 
And because of their physical structure, a substrate consisting substantially of leaves, and, or excuse me, of twigs, can create spaces for leaves and other botanical materials to accumulate, as well as to sequester our friend detritus, which, as we've discussed repeatedly, is a valuable secondary food source for numerous species of fishes. And of course, a mixing of elements, sand, sediments, crushed botanicals, etc., etc., is just another approach that you can take to creating a very unique and highly functional substrate. Allowing natural processes of decomposition to take place in and on the substrate is actually considered best practices in the botanical method aquarium approach. Why? Because if we try to take this stuff out, you know, to remove the detritus or other offensive material from the substrate created for this purpose, we're effectively depriving somebody, some beneficial organism, of their food source. Thus, a slowdown or even a complete breakdown of the very processes that we're trying to foster can occur. So there's something, I don't know, incredibly beautiful and useful about utilizing these alternative materials in our substrates. I think they've created an incredible opportunity for us as hobbyists to forge new directions entirely in the hobby. And as a brand, the idea has really pushed me to develop some off-the-shelf solutions for hobbyists to experiment with, like our nature-based sediment and substrates. I envision that, you know, literally... The, the, as I said before, the future of mainstream aquarium practice will simply include creating these types of substrates as part of what we do. And for botanical method aquariums, which tend to be less plant-focused, establishing the ecosystem part is really, really important. Okay, now this is the part where good old Scott starts bitching a little bit and editorializes. Now, happily, there's a few manufacturers out there who are starting to release and even talk about different types of substrates for use in aquariums other than, you know, just planted aquariums, which is cool. It's a good start. It's helping to fill in the gap in what's been a, in my opinion, a highly neglected hobby product sector, as we've been pointing out for years here. But once again, it's resulted in some of these companies touting aesthetics above all, which in my opinion is not just disappointing, but it's like a huge fail for the hobby. And it keeps happening like this in different directions. Why companies which tout themselves as unique or progressive continue to fall back on this vapid, vacuous, aesthetics first mindset when creating and discussing what could be like literally game-changing products on a functional basis if they just tweak both the product and the messaging just a bit is simply beyond me. With the resources that some of these companies have, it just makes no sense to me to keep doing this. So why do they do this? Well, I think they do this because it's safe, it's easy, and it's fast to market. When you don't have to educate people on anything more than the color and texture choices, all it takes is some capital to acquire and package your product, do a few social media posts, release it into the YouTube influencer universe, and you're an instant player in, in today's world. Sad but true. Now, look, I've spent a lot of time over the years educating, teaching you what I know about some of these exotic ideas and you know, putting out my ideas and theories, some of which are crazy, some of which actually made a lot of sense and have come to pass as you know, almost common practice in what we do. But it's because we're trying to educate. We're trying to do the hard stuff, get everybody involved in the, the process instead of just saying, you know, mailing it in and saying, oh, this looks great. You should use it in your tank. Sure, it looks great, but that's not the point. The point is it functions great. What does it do? What, what is this role in the overall ecosystem that you're creating? Super important. And again, I'm probably being a little bit unfair, but I think I'm being entirely correct. 
So look, guys, in the, in the industry there, hit me up if you need some consultation. I think I can get you straightened out. I know you guys can do better. Okay, I'm off my well-worn soapbox for now. But really, I think we can all do better with this than just talking about aesthetics all the time. I mean, though it makes great YouTube videos, but so does talking about the function. Now, to summarize, I think one of the most liberating things we've seen in the Botanical Method Aquarium niche is our practice of utilizing the substrate itself to become a feature in our aquariums as well as a functional mechanism for the inhabitants. In other words, if we do go down the road of looking at things in a strictly aesthetic sense, the bottom itself becomes a big part of the focus of the aquarium with the botanicals placed on or becoming the substrate. These materials, again, from an aesthetic standpoint, become an attractive, texturally varied microscape of their own, creating color, interest, and functions that we're just starting to appreciate now. In fact, I dare say that one of the next frontiers in our little niche, or in the hobby for that matter, would be an aquarium which is just substrate materials with minimal, if any, vertical relief provided by rocks or wood or other stuff. I've been beating this drum for a while now, haven't I? I, I know I have. I've executed quite a few aquariums based on this idea, specifically with leaves and with twigs, and I've been really happy with their long-term performance. And yeah, they kind of look cool too. Nature provides no shortage of you know habitats with unusual substrate composition for us to be inspired by. If we look at them in the context of the surrounding terrestrial ecosystem, there's a lot of possible functional takeaways that we as hobbyists can apply to our aquarium work. And the interesting thing about these features from an aesthetic standpoint is that they create an incredibly alluring look with a minimum of you know design required on the hobbyist part if you're going to look at it aesthetically. Remember, you could put together a substrate with a perfect aesthetic mix of colors and textures, but that's about all you can do. We, we have to seed some of the work to nature at that point. She'll take over and use it. Once your substrate's in place, nature takes over. The materials that develop, that you put in develop this you know, patina of biofilms and microbial growth and start breaking down. Some may be moved about by the grazing activities of your fishes or otherwise slowly you know, redistributed around the aquarium. I suppose the degree to which this happens is dependent upon the type of substrate material that you use. And again, this is not unlike what happens in the wild habitats. These newly inundated forest floors have a lot of you know, leaf litter and other botanical material on the bottom. They're going to be quite turbid for some time. And if you understand the context for which you know, they happen and uh, these habitats which they help to replicate using botanical materials and sediments and so forth is a perfectly acceptable and logical thing. Of course, you need to make that mental shift, don't you? <laughs> Much like in nature, the materials that we place upon the bottom of the aquarium will become an integral part of the ecosystem. From a functional standpoint, bottoms composed of substrate materials supplemented with botanical materials seem to form a sort of in-tank refugium, which allows a large population of small aquatic crustaceans, fungi, and other microorganisms to multiply and provide supplemental food for the aquarium, as we've touched on before. Let's keep on this stuff. Let's really explore this, not be afraid of the way things look, or maybe there's some complicated things to learn. It's worth it. Let's keep questioning the aquarium hobby dogma a little bit. Let's not become dogmatic ourselves. I know I get a little snooty sometimes and and like to trash on stupid things we do and even attack rivals once in a while because it's healthy for the hobby. But the reality is we all are in this together. Let's call out shoddy work and BS when we see it. That's what I do. I'm not afraid to do that. But not to the point of stifling anyone. Let the manufacturers know they should up their game. And that includes me too. I know there's things I need to work on. We all do. 
And if we're off on our assertions, let's figure out why. And let's just see what's actually happening in our tanks. If you haven't figured this out by now, the whole world of botanical method aquariums is basically one big grand science experiment. And pretty much everybody, actually everybody, period, is invited to play. And that means you. Stay creative, stay excited, stay motivated, stay curious, stay unique, stay observant, stay diligent, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.